Heads up, Nick Fury's calling you. I don't really want to talk to Nick Answer Fury. Answer Why? Because if you don't talk to him, then I have to talk to him. I don't want to talk to him. You sent Nick Fury to voicemail? I gotta go. You do not ghost Nick Fury. What up, dorks? What's up? We're just talking about the trip. I'm here in St. Marco Polo's. Oh, I think MJ really likes me. That reminds me when I first fell in love. You're a very difficult person to contact, Spider-Man. I'm just a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Bitch, please, you've been to space. What do you want, Peter? I want to go back on my trip with the girl who I really like and tell her how I feel. MJ, I am Spider-Man. No, of course I'm not. I mean, it's kind of obvious. Hey, everybody, welcome to you to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we conclude our Spider-Man week because we're releasing this a week from the day I released the episode. So it's a week. <laughs> it counts. <laughs> <laughs> today we're talking about Spider-Man Far From Home, the last entry into the Infinity Saga, which I guess is what we're calling this now. So, okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Is so that official? It, yes, it's the final one in the Infinity Saga. So this group of the first four... First three phases are the Infinity Saga. I'm okay with that. I, I actually like that, to be honest. I'm not sure if... Devin, do you? Or did he freeze? I don't know. I don't know if he froze. What's up? Okay. I'm here. Okay. There we go. You guys froze for a bit, and then you're back now. Okay. You froze, too. So, Yeah. So, oh no. S- Spider-Man Far From Home. We all... Yeah. S- we saw this opening weekend, right? And this has been, it's been out for what, two weeks now? I tried to see it opening weekend. I saw most of it opening weekend. Yeah, let's or talk, some let's, of it. Let's talk about Yeah, this. let's talk about that, Devin. <laughs> part, so part, I part, went to go see. Oh, go ahead. Part of the reason we're so late in doing this is because of what the story Devin's about to tell. So it's not your fault. Yeah, I blame Mother really. Nature. Yeah, Devin really pissed off Mother Nature on this one. I probably did. So I saw Spider-Man Far From Home uh, the Friday that it came out. Like the second I got off of work, I sprinted straight over and got maybe a third of the way through the movie. And then all of a sudden there was a 7.1 earthquake and the theater started shaking. People started screaming and we got escorted out of the theater. And the line to get back in after the earthquake was so long that we just figured, you know what, we'll go see it another day. And it took us a whole week to go see it again. But uh, yeah, that's why it took so long. What is it, Mother Nature. What is it like in a movie theater when something like that happens? So it's, the when earthquakes start, you never think, oh, this is an earthquake. You think, there's something wrong with me. So I went, oh, I feel a bit dizzy. And like, I don't know why I thought that clearly my sheet with my seat was shaking. And then like, after <laughs> that, it's literally just like, have you guys gone to the Whitaker center? Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, they have that earthquake simulator in there and like you sit sure. down in like a fake thing and you, yeah, like, I was never at the Whitaker center, but, uh, I was never, uh, there, but I was at a different place that had something set up like that. They have it. They have them everywhere. And really yeah. it feels just like that, but like, you're not in control of it. And like, okay. you don't know when it's going to stop. So, I mean, it was just like the, the seat I was in was shaking a bit and people were screaming. And like Romana and I were both ironically watching the ceiling for pieces of it to fall because that's when we would run. But the whole time, it's this weird balance of like, 
do I stand up and try to run out or do I just sit in this chair and wait it out? And like, we just sat there. I, I, I honestly feel like I would probably do the same thing. Just looking up at the ceiling to just to like, be sure because with him talking about that, with me watching the type of movies that I watch, the one scene I have playing in my head, which automatically is from Volcano, mm-hmm. when yes. the one uh, when the scientist looks up and tells the fireman not to run away f- from the truck, is that they have to see where the lava bomb is going before they run, or else they might run into it. That's why I'd be yeah. looking up because I want to make sure that if I do have to run, you know, I don't want to be running into a ceiling tile that's coming down. Right. Okay, so what happens to the movie during this earthquake? Does it keep playing, or did it, does the projector stop? What what happened on the screen? No, this was so dumb. So the movie played through the entire earthquake. Just All a little blur. Like forty seconds of the earthquake, it kept going. <laughs> Mysterio was giving Spider-Man advice on a rooftop, and it was still like it was like nothing was happening. And then the earthquake stopped. Most people stood up to go leave. Like two minutes later, the projector stopped, and then they announced we have to leave. Oh wow! So it wasn't even like mass evacuation. It was no, it wasn't like exciting. Okay. Yeah, it was the lamest evacuation ever, where everyone was just very polite and very orderly. I I was kind of there's a sequence in the movie that I was kind of hoping you'd get the earthquake during, which we'll talk about. Which one? I think you know which one. I have a feeling I know which yeah. one. I want to make sure it's the same one. Um, but I feel bad for anyone who is at like a 4DX theater where they actually do the vibrations and stuff and that happens. Yeah. I wouldn't My be favorite. surprised if that's actually happened before where the entire audience had no idea because of the vibration from the speakers. But it, they, it was probably, I would, yeah. I would love to be in a theater that had the exact same showtime as you. So they're at the exact same scene. So it's just <laughs> like starts shaking like, man, somebody messed up this theater. It shouldn't be shaking now. They're just talking yep. on a roof. Yeah. What? <laughs> What's going on with the roof? Um, My favorite quote from that whole scene though, or that whole thing was we were outside waiting and someone goes, we were in the middle of the movie yesterday and he just started singing yesterday. And I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad that was like your thing. Okay. I think I got what, what you were saying now. Okay. That makes sense. It took me a second. It's been a long week. <laughs> Has I it really? So. Yeah. Hmm. Aw. But... But no, I mean, talk it out, big guy. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Earthquakes, earthquakes, earthquakes are cool though. I mean, personally, yeah. I mean, I know yeah. the one of the local uh, radio shows I uh, I listened to actually had a geologist that specializes in Pennsylvania earthquakes, and they were talking about stuff that like happens in PA and like the different. Oh wow! Like they think there's a fault in Pennsylvania, but it's so deep that they can't exactly find its location but all of the small earthquakes that happen like once every five years that's like a three point or four point something it comes Uh from that they just don't know where it is they don't think they can't figure out there's a fault line deep underneath the mountains that come up because of the faults coming together (laughs) that's exactly (laughs) what they know they just don't know exactly where it is because it's so deep okay yeah they don't know know the depth of it yeah like well not they cannot take a pencil and draw a line over a map as yeah. to show where it is because it's so deep and because of the mountains, they can't precisely locate it. So if I was Lex Luthor and I wanted more land east of the Susquehanna, I would not be able to find a place to drop a nuke and 
we wouldn't be able to put Ryansburg anywhere <laughs> in particular. These Not are the really questions. Know. I'm. Yes. I, I'm. And still. that's my Superman the movie quote for the day. Uh, okay, back to <laughs> Spider Man. Just one. Yeah, just one. Aww. Um. Okay, so. I saw this opening weekend with my wife and then a few days later with Ryan. Like we went. Yes. We uh, went to see it together. Yeah. It was um, a bro date or it, a mandate or whatever you want to call it. Mandate. Yeah. Mandate. There we go. Um, <laughs> we, we messaged Devin like, hey, guess where we're going? <laughs> and then I. I so jealous. I, I, I think I responded with a gift from the movie of Zendaya. Like, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. What did we think? Devin, what, what are your thoughts as Spider-Man Far From Home? Honestly, I came with low expectations. I loved Endgame so much that I was like, well, whatever comes afterwards is just going to be all right. But I actually like this movie a lot more than I thought I'd like this movie. I have my problems with Mysterio, but aside from that, I like the movie. Okay. Brian, I already know what you think, but the audience does it. I don't know what you think. I want to know. <laughs> I like it. Uh, I do. I, I like it as much as I like the, the. I like it as much as I like Homecoming, to be honest. Um, and so, Ryan just blipped out of here. Aww, <laughs> that was good. Yeah, uh, Ryan. Ryan will hopefully be, hopefully be back, but we're uh, going to keep going. So he he it's liked it just as much as Homecoming. I. Mm-hmm. I like Homecoming a little bit more. The, fir- the first time I watched it, I liked Homecoming a lot more. Now I'm to the point where I like it a little bit more than Far From Home. Far what from- did you like about Homecoming more than you liked about this one? Because I've seen Homecoming all of one time, and it was a long time ago, and I am cult of the new, like, defined okay. here. I think what Homecoming had going for it was the reveal of Vulture being her dad and the surprise of that and how it just played into that. So, so well, Um, that was a good part. I remember that where far from home has that has a reveal. You see it coming. If you've ever read a comic book, that's true. I did not buy for one second, the whole elementals thing, like the whole time. I'm like, that's Mysterio. That's just Mysterio. Yeah. Mysterio is not a good guy. If you haven't seen Far From Home, we're kind of going to just get right into the spoilers. Oh, yeah. We just so, sorry about that, yeah. guys. Um, oh, yeah. We'll put it in the description. It's been out for two weeks. The spoilers are out there. Yeah. And I, watch it. If you haven't seen it, watch I, it. I, I it's really good. I don't really think anyone who saw the trailers knew, like, thought he was actually going to be a good guy. As Part of me was like, it'd be weird if they did that. Like, I could see them doing that because they made the Mandarin Guy Pierce. But, yeah, yeah, they did. Um, so I, I, I think it suffers from not having that strong of a reveal in the going into the third act. Okay, I can see that, but I think I liked the I liked the dive into the third act, if I have my acts correct, because it's that's when he's on on the airplane or the, you know, the Tony, Tony plane with happy, right? Yes. I liked that as a Peter Parker moment more than I think I liked the the reveal of the bad guy. I think the other thing that I think homecoming does better 
is delivering Spider-Man faster. In this so. one, you don't see Spider-Man. You don't see him actually do anything Spider-Man like until Venice. That's true. I mean, he's Spider-Man at the benefit for Aunt May, where he's yeah, doing um, meet and greet. Whatever. But that's not really him being Spider-Man. That's just him, like doing a meet and greet. Like yeah. Kevin Smith does that all the time. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think it took like we're far from home. It's like opens with like a film by Peter Parker and shows him doing Spider-Man stuff in civil war from a different angle. And, and yeah. then it, you get this great montage of him doing hero stuff and being the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I know there was that scene in the trailers with the, the robbery that he stops and like the cops saying, are you the new iron man? He's like, no, I'm too busy doing your jobs. I feel like that scene should have been left in. I forgot that scene was even in the trailer. Yeah. Shit. I feel like if that scene would have been left in at the, in the first act, I would have liked it a little bit more. I agree. I can agree that it took a while to get to Spider-Man and I think that scene should have been in, but I like that it was grounded a little bit in the beginning because I think you needed to get back to how Peter Parker felt about everything that happened. Cause a lot happened that he wasn't around for. Yes. Um, I just feel like when he's saying, I just want to be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I want to mm -hmm. see him be that neighborhood Spider-Man, not just a celebrity in town doing press in okay so if we're talking about world building for like a second okay would it make sense if the blip unblipped and like i mean i the world is aware of iron man the world is aware of like thanos and all of that shit that happened wherever in the world that happened wherever the avengers building was like because there was like a when he was on the airplane there was one of the documentaries he could have watched was about the infinity gauntlet yeah so like the world is aware of what that is would you think as a society crime would calm down just a, just a little bit? Like, I think if I was like a petty thief, but I knew that aliens from space could come down and make me go away any second, I'd probably pump the brakes on the murder and the crimes for a bit. I mean, I can see that argument. I also think everything's in such chaos because everyone just blipped back. So like you have all these homeless people, you have all this stuff. That's that true. Yeah, because there are all those people that were displaced by the blip. Like, that because, was what Aunt May's charity yeah, was. It's like eight months later and everything's just, they're still recovering. So, I, I, I don't so, know. Speaking of which, I watched the op the opening part of this twice now. Did May blip? Yes. I thought she did. I thought she did. Okay. So, the, the snap is when everyone disappears. The blip is when she comes back. Yeah. So, that's when everyone has, she blipped into a house with, like, people had moved into her her apartment. Right, and everyone thought she was a ghost. That's yeah. right. Okay. Um, yeah, so she blipped. Everyone in Peter's class blipped, except for Brad. <laughs> Brad? Yeah. Um, yeah, I I love the Peter Parker stuff in this. I just wish mm -hmm. early on we had more Spider-Man, which is a small yeah, complaint you know to what? have. It's a good complaint, uh, though. I get it. Um. How did you? Okay, so if we're just talking about the movie in semi quasi sequential order, the opening part got me. Like literally that opening scene of the tribute, like <laughs> that ends on like the Getty images of the candle. Like, oh, that 
sold me on the movie. Yeah, you you and I went to high school together, and you've seen some of the things like that that I've made because <laughs> I've. De- I'm yeah, but yours were way I was, better. I was definitely guilty of the uh, Getty Images like stuff. <laughs> I think there was an assignment in class. You had to make a music video with images and like still pictures. Oh man, and it was just not great. Um, but yeah, as soon as the Getty Images came up, I was like, "This is fantastic." Yeah. And evidently, that is the most expensive song to get into a film. Because is it really? Not only do you have to pay for the rights to the Whitney Houston version, so she gets money, uh-huh. or her estate gets money, but since it's a, it was originally a Dolly Parton song, she also gets money from it. So you have to pay twice. Does to she really? Yeah. Wow. Um, so that's like the most expensive song. And Disney's just like, you know, or Sony is just like, you know what? We're going to do it. <laughs> We're going to open with this. I, I love it. Um, I like that they gave Ned a girlfriend. Like, I love the whole setup of we're going to be bachelors in in Europe. And then right away, he's with Betty. Right. And I thought that was such a fun pairing. And they did such like obnoxious, fun couple things that you just did in high school. Yeah. Um, they did a really good job of we talked about this a little bit. They did they didn't do too much with this is what the world was like after the, the blip, after everyone comes back, they touched on it mm-hmm. a little bit. My favorite moment of them touching on it was his teacher played by Martin Starr, talking about yes. his wife. She, he thought she's, she blipped out, but she just left me and we had a funeral and everything, but she wasn't actually oh dead. But it's like, it's that part of like world building that I really love. Where like, I, for some reason that struck me as just so clever like of the writers, because like, of course that would happen in real life. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think that that like, I don't know, it made it feel that much more of like a grounded real world event than anything else did. Yeah. It reminds me of, there was, did you ever see the show, the leftovers? I haven't. I heard it was good though. It is fantastic. But there was a subplot on there where an actor from, I'm going to look it up, but an actor from perfect strangers, um, Shit, which one was it? That's not what I want. Um, one of the actors from the sitcom in the eighties just um pretends he snapped away, and then it's like a whole big scandal when he didn't. <laughs> like the oh whole, no, the whole concept behind that show was like ten percent of the world's population disappears. Oh, is it like the rapture? Um, kind of, yes. It was, oh shit, here it is. Um, what the hell is this guy's name? Oh, I guess he's not getting credit. Yeah, it's kind of oh. like, it's, it's just dealing with this world where 10% of the population disappears. So, and like everything's like wrecked. But in oh. like, the MCU, 50% of people disappeared. So it's even worse. And it seems like they kind of recovered pretty fast. Like in Endgame, you yeah. see like, New York in shambles and like ships all over the Liberty Island and all of that. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the one thing that I do, I think appreciate is like, I understand how having something that big, you'd want to talk about it and you'd want to explore it. But I feel like the MCU could get really bogged down with like, Ugh, after everyone snapped away, but they're like, look, it was really shitty. We really got to move on with what we want to tell. Yeah. Yeah, and I, they could revisit that like in future movies, like flashbacks and things that have happened in there. Like, there's a lot of stories that can come from that. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, I also think if you want to get around the whole, oh, uh, we have these Netflix shows and now we have these characters brought back under this one roof. Like what have, yeah. what, what have uh, Matt Murdock and Froggy Nelson been doing for the last five years? They both got snapped. And yeah, so it's, it's a clever device. Like that's a good way to like acknowledge everything that happened in like the Netflix shows, but bring them into Spider-Man three because somebody might need a lawyer. Um, That'd be sweet. Oh, that would be cool. Okay. So what did you think of the Europe stuff? Cause whole, I, Europe stuff was fun. It was, yeah. I remember there's an episode or two of the animated series where he goes to London I've never seen that episode then. Um, I think it had something to do with Dr. Strange. Cause back when they were making this, they said, Oh yeah, somebody else is going to fill the Iron Man role in this one. I was like, it's gotta be Dr. Strange if he's going to Europe, but no, right. it was Nick Fury. So, um, yeah. I mean, my favorite European part and you, you have to know this is the Dutch part. Like, Oh, I knew it. As soon as I saw it, I was like, Oh man, Devin and Romana are going to love this. We lost our minds. So apparently everybody that's on that bench with him in jail, they're real Dutch comedians and like they speak real Dutch, obviously, and have like real Dutch accents, which like I love because Dutch accents in movies are always German. Yeah. Like like the the Friends episode where the the Dutch girl comes. She's like, yeah, ich bin Dutch. But like it's just straight up a German accent. And like I like that it was a traditional like real Dutch accent. Yeah, I I had a feeling that you guys would love that. So it made me happy. Are they the Canadians of Europe? Is that really how it is over there? In some ways, yeah. In okay. some ways, absolutely. I mean, Holland isn't all rural and windmills, but like, yeah. I mean, they're all very, very polite, and will definitely switch to English for you. So, where all have you vi- have you visited in Europe? I've been to. Um, I've been to the Netherlands. I've been to Germany. I've been to uh, Spain and Portugal and France and uh, Norway and Poland. And I think that's it. Okay. Yeah, I think that's yeah. So like none of like I've been to Italy before, but never Venice. Oh, I've been to Italy. I forgot about that one. I've never been to Venice, but I've been to Rome. Okay. Um, and I've been, never been to Prague. I've never been to Prague. Uh-huh. Uh. I have been to Venice and they nailed it. Yeah. I really like that. They addressed the fact that Venice is known for, for glass. Yeah. Glass art. Because one of the things we did when we were in Venice was went to a glass factory. Like you got to see them blow glass. Uh, and it was really cool. So I really liked cool. that they brought that into the movie. And it's like, Oh yeah, that it, it felt like I've been in that square where flash was getting his picture taken with, the things and the the pigeons on uh, MJ, so that's it, cool. And you said they nailed it though. Like those they, were like real places in Venice. They, they really did. It. They did. I don't know how much of it they actually shot there, but even the stuff mm. that I could tell was like a soundstage looked really good. Oh, that's cool. Um, okay, I think Ryan's back. Yay! Oh, hey, Ryan blipped back. Hey. <laughs> oh um, wow! Yeah. Good thing I had your mic still set up. So. Yeah, exactly. So, Ryan, have you ever been to Europe? <laughs> uh, no, but I want to be. Okay. Where do you want to go? Uh, I have heavy German and Polish like heritage in my family. 
So I'd want to go to the part of Germany that is has very bland food. Um, <laughs> um, but bland good, bland good food. But anyway, uh, the Germany, Poland. I want to go to Britain just because it's Britain, okay. it's London. So yeah. I mean, it's, it's all of the normal American want to go to Europe places. In ten years, we'll be doing. You have to watch this live in the UK. Oh, that would not? be cool. Um, Done. Yeah. We're doing it. Yes, ten years from now. Um, okay. So just to catch you up a little bit where we talked a little bit about the world post snap and how they were covered a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Okay. You don't really see any side effects of anything that happened in Europe at all. Right. And part well, of me wonders if that's just because of the production, like if they just didn't have time to address it or didn't want to because of spoilers getting out or, or well, what? It could also be that they only spent, so much time in Europe and like the shots were very like exclusive to the school group. Yeah. That maybe you saw how like they were dealing with it in their own lives about everybody getting snapped back that that's just how everybody's dealing with it. Yeah. I, I definitely like how they use the school newsreel to deal with that. Yes. I can't, that was, was at so the beginning, good. right? Mm-hmm. At the be- that was at the beginning of the movie. Yes. Yeah. Where they showed the marching band come back in the, in the middle of a basketball oh, game. That, that was my favorite part. Yeah. That's exactly how it would have happened. Too. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. I forgot it. We didn't bring that up. But yeah, I loved how they showed it actually happened on both ends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So Mysterio shows up and fights the water elemental, or depending on what marketing you look at for Far From Home, Hydra Man. Um, oh yeah, because it's weird that they're marketing it as both an elemental and Hydro Man. Like Do you think that was a miscommunication between two different like marketing companies? No, I think it's a. I think it was a red herring. Oh okay. Well, they like. I mean, they talk about Hydro Man real, real quick. Like when they're in the hotel, they're like, "Oh, I think his name's Hydro Man. He like got shocked by an underwater nuclear power they plant." Do. Yeah, they yeah, do. Yeah, and it's like, eh. okay, so let's talk about Mysterio fighting. Hydro Man. Like, what do we think of that first introduction to Mysterio? Like, I know we see him at the beginning of the movie, but this is like him actually in action doing stuff. I mean, he looked like he was doing stuff well. I mean, he, I mean, knowing where the movie's going, it's hard to judge, but like, he looked like my comic book rendition of Mysterio with a few more sparkly lights on him because 2019 Marvel movie. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, he looked exactly the way that I wanted him to look. I mean, the fact that I only know him from, like, the cartoon. Yeah. And his outfit with, like, the his, like, helmet that he had and everything, like, to me, that fit what I was hoping for. And besides Spider-Man, his costume was the most cartoonish so far within, like, the Spider-Man, like, universe or yeah. the, the Marvel Spider-Man storyline, which I liked for his character because he's supposed to look ridiculous. Yeah. I like that they did like kind of the magic like Doctor Strange would have, yeah. but it was like twisted a little bit. Like mm-hmm. it, it was green. It was triangles. Yeah. I like how they worked that into the, the costume. The fact that they actually did the fishbowl helmet, like still blows my mind that they did that. Like that's such an iconic costume element of Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Um, they couldn't have done it without it in, in my mind well they, they well, i've seen so yeah some concept art has come out where it's not quite as round it's like a little bit yeah. more like um 
kind of like a kind of like a roundish type motorcycle helmet in a way. Yeah, kind of like. Oh. Um, did we lose Devin? <laughs> no, I'm here. Oh, okay. No, I oh. hear you. Yeah. Oh, we got a pop up. Here we go. There. Um, kind of like yeah, kind of like a motorcycle helmet. Yeah. Like with the flat. So I'm glad yeah. they did like just full on fishbowl. Yeah. And Which, like it looks good though. Like it doesn't look stupid or like as dumb as it ever could have looked. I also mm-hmm. love the irony or the poetic justice of having Jake Gyllenhaal be in a Spider-Man movie, considering he was oh, yeah. almost Spider-Man. He was almost Spider-Man? Yeah, back when they went to start filming Spider-Man 2 with uh Toby Maguire. Um Toby Maguire hurt his back and almost had to drop out of the project. Oh and my if, god. If he did, Jake Gyllenhaal was gonna step in. Like they had him I wow. think he, I think he even tried on the costume. Like he was like this oh, close yeah. to being Spider Man and now he's Mysterio. Ah, that's fun. Which actually to me pans out. Like what just luck, you know, for an actor who doesn't get to actually play Spider Man and then for and then out of all of the Spider Man villains that you could portray it's Mysterio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, right. so we talked about the look of Mysterio. How did you guys feel about his motivation? I know we might be jumping the gun a bit, the, but this is, yeah, we might as well just get into it. Um, this is going to sound horrible, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm yeah. glad Tony Stark is dead. That way he can't piss anyone else off to the point where they need to fight people. <laughs> like Tony Stark, like everyone, just, like if you go through and look at all the villains who, just their hatred of Tony Stark is their motivation. Yeah, like it's half of the MCU. I mean, <laughs> like, it's true though. It's crazy. Um, well, I mean, they pretty much turn Tony. St- I mean, Tony Stark's Tony Stark in the comic book and in the cartoon, but still, in the MCU, they kind of they. In the MCU so far, we've seen who Tony Stark is, the the actual man, the one that has issues, the one that has problems. All of these villains that hate Tony Stark are looking at him like Bill Gates or Steve Jobs. He doesn't have emotions. All he cares about is profit. He doesn't care about who he steps on, how many people lose their jobs. That's who they see. They see just the like evil capitalist when when, you know, throughout these like more than 12 years the fans us we've seen you know you know tony stark that misses his dad yeah so i mean vulnerable i really liked everything that had to do with their like hatred and why he was doing what he was doing and i love the fact how they actually brought these little actors back from these scenes that happened in movies like so long yeah. ago tony stark was able to build this in a cave <laughs> <laughs> box of scraps um i, I love that part of it yes yeah, so real cool for me I, and that's why i mentioned that that is i will quote that like on a weekly basis i don't know why but i will <laughs> do you know who that actor is yeah, it's Jeff Bridges. No, the other actor, the one who gets yelled at, the one who like. Oh, is the then no, guy. I have absolutely no idea. That's Ralphie from A Christmas Story. What? Yeah. No way. That's yeah. it. That's it. That's it. Christmas Story and the MCU are in the same universe. Time. Okay. I was going to say t- timeline doesn't want work out, but if you look at the comments of the writers and the directors of Endgame, like time travel doesn't make any sense between the two, four of them. So. It, it, it checks out. <laughs> Time travel does not have any rules. There are no rules. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that they tied it into that. I was kind of hoping you get little moments of that for everyone in there. But yeah, you had a couple. 
You had a couple besides that one, but that's the one that I remember. But yeah, I know they it, did two others. It, no, they did one. It was, one other. It was just Mysterio's where he invented barf. The thing from oh, Civil yeah. War. Yeah. yeah. Which is a nice little callback. It, it was nice seeing Tony Stark in that capacity. Like, that was a good moment yeah. for Tony Stark. And the fact that he just took this thing. Like, yeah, if I worked on something that hard and it was renamed barf, I'd be pissed too. So... <laughs> He was I, I would be pissed. I don't think I would be pissed enough to like do what he did. I don't think I loved his motivation at that point when he was like, all right, people, we did it. Like that whole scene in the bar. I was like, is this it? This is it. I hate it. And I was actually like, I, it lost me at that point. I see for me, I, I was waiting the entire time like for, okay, what this is Mysterio. Something's an illusion. What's the illusion how is he doing this? You know, I know that this backstory is complete bullcrap. Like, he's not from a different dimension. Like, what's going on? And then as soon as he did the whole, like, we did it thing, that actually drew me into it a little bit because that kind of fit the the Spider-Man theme of being a little corny. So to me, it fit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of like the motivation of I'm going to be the new Iron Man. Like, I'm going to. That's what I liked more. I I may I'm gonna make up this catastrophe and just fix it on my own because right. it's all rigged. I like that. You might be like me, where I yeah. as soon as he did the we did it, guys, and like his whole motivation was like I had a great thing and he called it barf. I'm like, damn it, Mysterio! Like I you've lost me as character with motivation. But then when he was like, I'm being an opportunistic jerk. And I'm just trying to be the next Tony Stark, no matter what. I liked that more than I liked the I invented barf and how dare he not understand the significance like that part. I didn't love, but I did like the opportunistic part. Here, here's what's weird about the whole thing. So Edith, the whole even dead, I'm the hero thing. I we get there. OK. How with everything that happens in the MCU up to this point? How is it justified for Tony Stark to put that many missiles and drones into space? Like, did something happen in, in the like post snap that they're like, okay, whatever, Sokovia Accords don't matter. Like, just do whatever. That's a better question there's, than I was going to. There's ask, only like honestly. four ex- four Avengers left, so you just go ahead and you do you, Tony. If you do you, ahead, actually, <laughs> you answered you answered that because that that totally makes sense. They are completely depleted of their strength. They need but, some type of defense because he, they know that there's stuff out there. But here's the problem with the Sokovia Accords. How can Tony Stark be the only one who has access to this? And why does he how is he able to give it to to, to Peter? Because he, he, even Pepper would be like, dude, what the hell? With the amount of people that were disappeared. And I'm just going to assume that the MCU universe has the same issue that we do when it comes to uh, 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 equality, when it comes to wealth, that there's what, like 30, 40 people on the planet in the 1%. And then there's maybe like 10 people in the one, 1%. Tony's one of that one, 1%. And if half of them disappear, that means their wealth is also gone. And without anybody there to really like distribute that wealth when it comes to family, if they even exist, Tony might be the only one on the planet that has the capabilities of doing something like that. And who knows, maybe 
after the accords, maybe he worked with the UN and with the United States and with the European Union to put that up there as kind of like, hey, so this is what we're going to do. Because remember, in Homecoming, he's always talking about how there's people in place to handle this kind of stuff. Yeah. This isn't our fight. Maybe that's what that was part of. But here's the thing. Like, if he, if it's there are people in place to do to handle this fight, why does he give Edith to Peter? Like, if he worked with the UN and everything, why does Tony decide to give this power to Peter? It just seems off for me. I I, I took it as the father son Peter thing. like not like in a weird creepy way I think like it was like a father son thing yeah yeah like in the hardest chorist of ways that's why I didn't even like question that part like to me it was just like oh yeah this makes sense this is just I, handing I mean, you know a family heirloom down I'm only just questioning it now like I bought it but now I'm just kind of trying to poke holes in it because stop it, stop okay <laughs> all right so oh, no I love that keep going no moving on, moving on a little bit um. <laughs> Let's talk about Peter and MJ. I I like it. I like it a lot. She's a very different MJ than we've gotten before, and this is a very different kind of relationship that we've gotten before. But it's so believable. It fits for today's time better. Yeah. Yes. Like MJ and Peter Parker for the Tobey Maguire Spider Man fit for that time period this the way that teenagers are now when it comes to having access to the internet and the knowledge that they have and the the fact that like i mean i'm going to admit i'm going to say the average 16 year old right now is better at sarcasm and satire and wit than i was at 16 and most of my friends were at 16 it's and it's simply because of what they have access to so to me her personality makes perfect sense they're all making tiktoks um (laughs) (laughs) Only, th- only, th- only three percent of them. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> um, now I like it. It, it's a little weird because if you watch this and Homecoming back to back, he goes from like being in love with Liz to MJ right away. Like, there's no real development of that relationship. Like his uh, his feelings towards her at all. You see a little bit of her feelings towards him at the end where she's like, ah, I'm just kidding. You just go. And she like gives him a look as he walks away. There's no really, there's no real setup for his, his feelings for her until the very opening of this movie. He's like, I have a plan. This is what I'm going to do to get to ask MJ out and tell her I like her, which I guess they kind of just put it right out there, but there's nothing in infinity war to yeah, kind of set that up. Do you know how fast I went from getting over one crush and getting another one in high school? That's also a good point, though. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Um, so how do you guys feel about how Peter figured out about Mysterio? I'm trying to think about how Peter figured it out. He's on the bridge with MJ. That's why I bring it up. So they have that nice scene on the bridge where they're walking and talking, and she's like, "Oh, we're oh, you're, spi- you're Spider Man." Have the thing. Yeah, she, she's like, "You're Spider Man." He's like, "No, I'm not." Like, what makes you th- say that? I'm obviously not Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> that scene reminded me a lot of the uh, Pete Holmes Batman sketch, where he's like, "I'm not Bruce Wayne." <laughs> oh, look, look over there. It's my friend Bruce Wayne. Oh. I'll come get you. 
And then like, he comes over and then it's Bruce Wayne. And he still has like the, the eye makeup on. <laughs> um, no, I really like that she was able to figure it out. And then he, he just like fights out says, Oh yeah, I'm Spider-Man. I messed up. Uh, I made a, I made a big mistake. <laughs> Why do we keep, we, there we go. There we it's go. probably Did you lose heat. me again. It keeps freezing up. It's gotta be the heat. And really? The humidity. Yeah. It's gotta be. I'm here. I see yeah. you guys. Yeah. But yeah, no, hey, I friends. I absolutely loved how she just came right out. It's like, I know you're Spider Man. It's okay. And then that whole that whole thing, uh, uh, but back and forth. She she drops the hologram uh, thing out of her pack. They have that whole thing again, and then she says, "No, I was only like sixty percent sure." And I'm like. Yeah, that totally like makes that. sense with your character. Like, yeah. it's dead on. You're calling somebody out when you're not completely sure. I mean, <laughs> if anyone was going to figure it out, it should be her because she was yeah. watching them the entire yeah. time. Yeah, especially at the Washington Monument. Yeah. Um, And I like the whole fake cocky thing that she did with Ned. Where Ned was like, yeah, well, I mean, I was the first one. And then she was like, I figured it out. I'll buy myself. Like, yeah. I thought that was a cool Whereas exchange. Whereas he's just in the right place at the right time. Like he didn't figure anything out. He just Holding a to Lego Death Star. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That he drops right. and right. makes me cry. <laughs> um, okay. So. Do, I'm debating what I want to talk about next. Okay. So he figures out about Mysterio and then he goes to tell Fury about Mysterio. And this leads to my favorite scene in probably all of the MCU. Like this is my, one of my top three scenes of all time. The him Mysterio just mind fucking Spider-Man the whole time. Like the whole oh, illusion yeah. that is everything I wanted this movie to do. And yes, as much as I, I said, as much as I said, I liked homecoming better. I will watch this scene all the time. Like this is the perfect Spider-Man movie scene for their villain. Like that was, they, they nailed it. Like even if his motivations of wanting to be the next Iron Man are weird and don't make that much sense, they nailed Mysterio doing the illusions and messing with Spider-Man. Absolutely. And I love how it ended where he like backed him into the oncoming train. Like I thought that was perfect. Like that whole setup and the false reveal. And then like, Oh, it was so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, to, to, yeah, I mean, I remember we were talking in the car on the way back like that was I swear they must have gone back and watched the cartoon and they just put different episodes together where Mysterio put Spider-Man through like a trip and they just put them all together. Well, I've seen some like side by sides of some comic stuff that they, yeah. they pulled from. They and I can't believe they pulled from like Marvel zombies and did the zombie Iron Man coming out of the grave. That's what they did. That was great. Have you? Do you guys know the whole Marvel Zombies timeline with, with Spider-Man? No, I don't no. exactly. He eats Mary Jane in May, and it's so weird. As a, He's a zombie? Yeah, as a zombie. And, like, the whole rest of his arc is he doesn't ever think he could be a good person again because he ate Mary Jane in May. Hang on a second. And he's a zombie thinking this. Yeah. I mean, they're all sentient zombies, but, like, they, like are zombies. They freak out as zombies. And then they're, like, sentient zombies that just, like, just can't help eating people. Okay. It's fun. It's like a fun storyline. See, that's something I'd actually be interested in reading because you guys both know that I'm more into the one-off comic book series than I am the entire overarching storyline. So yeah. that's something oh, yeah. I got to look into. 
Yeah. yeah the um, zombie series gets awkwardly deep for what it was. I, I will, well, not that they're a sponsor, but I will definitely plug Marvel Unlimited, the digital comic service that they have. It's fantastic. They have everything on there. Okay. Um, I, Sounds worth it. We just unsubscribed to it for a bit, but I've been reading the DC stuff on their app. So that it's it's definitely oh, cool. definitely worth checking out if you can. Okay. Just just read comics. Like that's the more of the story. Just just read more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I love how they end it with just the train hitting him. And yeah. it, it's funny because he's a bug. Like he's Spider Man, so he gets uh, hit. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. Um and when he gets to Holland, which we already talked about. Uh-huh. Best part. We talked about Holland a little bit. I missed the Holland conversation. You did. Yeah. I love the Holland. It's all Than- it's all Thanos' fault. It's oh, all oh, I love because okay, so, I I remember that we, we, we were we were talking about this in the car. Like like that's pretty much Canada of Europe. Like that's how they're seen. Like they're oh, yeah. depicted stereotypically of being that friendly. And I know that you know more about this, Devin, than I do. But I mean, to me, like they just kind of made it a bit more corny, and they probably played up the the friendliness in a way. But to be honest, I do see three drunk like soccer fans from that country relocking the jail cell like that's just the way that i see them like that's how i oh yeah that's how i depict them i, I mean it's absolutely have, right you, you they have, it. yeah like th- th- they have a team that plays in the world baseball classic every four years and oh yeah ooh, you didn't know that did you no not at all <laughs> and they've got to be like the like the funniest guys on the field because they're so nice <laughs> oh the dutch you've stolen my heart again <laughs> okay so let's talk about everyone's favorite chef show host, John Favreau and happy Hogan. How do we feel about happy in this? I would watch a whole happy Hogan movie. Like, I would too. Same here. Absolutely. I would. He, they've given him more and more to do every time he shows up. Like he's only in two scenes of Endgame, and they're the, like the most heart wrenching scenes in that movie. Absolutely. And they are. Oh, the scene on the airplane with him and Peter, like where they're just talking about Tony being gone is as much as like the uh, reveal in homecoming was powerful and like revealing that that was just Uh so emotional and guts the audience to the core too. Cause you, you're, you've been through this journey with happy too. So, you know, Tony just as well as he does. Because he's mm-hmm. been he's been there from the beginning, and I love the symbolism of him being the director of Iron Man and and like passing the torch to this new Iron Man, and just yeah. they both nailed that scene so much. I am one hundred percent fine, and I don't know what direction and like the overarching and inside the comic books go when it comes to Spider Man, but I would love it if they did want to combine like give the Iron Man tech that Iron Man had, well, that Tony Stark had, and, and and everything about that, and just give it to Peter. Like, I am totally fine with a, like, Iron-Spider hybrid going forward. I'm, I'm not. I'd rather... I like that they showed Peter building his own suit in this one, because my biggest problem with the Tom Holland Spider-Man is everything was from Tony Stark. Whereas yeah. this one, he gets his suit by making it himself. Like he's the one who making the modifications. He's using Stark tech, 
but still, it's his suit. But that, yeah. that's what I mean, though, because Tony always made everything that he used. He had to None develop. Of the comics. Okay, well, in the movies, yeah, he had to de- he had to develop the suit. He he had to, to to develop the powers. Like everything that they ever used, that they came up with to beat somebody, it was something from Tony. Now, granted, Tom Holland's character doesn't need to be that kind of you know character, but it would be kind of cool to be that you know because Happy is so part you know is basically kind of like a segregate dad at this point to him that. Tom had that Peter Parker has that ability to have his hands on that tech to where he doesn't just recycle Tony Stark's stuff. He actually makes his own using the equipment. So like, that's kind of what I mean. Like that type of a thing. We'll we'll get into Peter Parker's future in a bit. Um, Oh yeah. Oh boy. um, What do we think of the happy May stuff? Thumbs up. Two thumbs up. I, I think it's fun. Like, Are they? I don't know if I, I don't know how I feel about like sexy Aunt May. Cause like, I'm so used to like grandmotherly Aunt May, but like, if you're going to do it, do it hard, man. Like do what you're doing now. I'm okay with, I was okay with the Aunt May's hot stuff for like civil war and a little bit of homecoming. They kind of backed yeah. off on it in this one, which I was happy with. Um, yeah. not as happy as happy though. Um, ah. Are they, uh, part of me thinks that Kevin Feige is like, you know what? You know what the problem with the other two Spider-Man series was? They said Uncle Ben too much. We're not going to say it at all. Like, we're just not going to mention Ben Parker ever. Like, we're, we'll allude to him in the, on the suitcase, but we're not going to dro- name drop Uncle Ben ever. Yeah. Did they even I, explain, like, is is he dead or did oh he yeah, leave? He's dead. I'm assuming he's dead. I mean, because it's the same backstory that Spider-Man always gets because they never talk about him. They never talk about him. Mm -hmm. Aunt May doesn't bring him up at all. Well, I think the assumption is he's dead because I don't think they, they didn't address his origin at all, but he's got to be, if, if they didn't do that, then shame on them. Um, that's honestly though that's my biggest problem with stuff like Batman where they're like I act now 40 years later because of one thing that happened when I was a kid for one day once. Like I get that you miss your parents, but like I feel like that can't be your motivation for always and I like that they're giving him other like they're giving Peter Parker other personal conflict and other personal growth and other like anything aside from like I need to avenge Uncle Ben to the point where he just becomes like a wind up doll and like or that pull cord doll. And that's all he ever says. Like, I'm glad they're giving the character more depth than that. I think that's smart. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's still part of the origin story because it's so such a part of the character. That's like if yeah. Batman became Batman, but his parents are still alive. Like, like yeah. they never be weird. They, or one of his parents died. Just one. As long as her name was Martha, so Batman v Superman can happen. <laughs> Why did you say that name? Um, uh, I want to go on a tangent so bad right now. Do I want to do it? About? Jay and Silent Bob. Did you guys watch the trailer? No. No. Oh, okay. Never mind. Then never mind. Nope. Tangent done. Tangent done. Um, 
<laughs> oh man. Ah, uh, fuck it. I'm gonna spoil something for you. Uh, so, so they recast Blunt Man and Chronic for their reboot in this. Do you know who plays yeah. Blunt Man? The Ben Affleck eyes Batman of this story. Yeah. Val fucking Kilmer. <gasps> what? Yeah, that's what that's what made me want to cry when I watched the trailer. Val Kilmer's in it. I love How's that. it look? Like Val Kilmer does today. Like he doesn't look great, but yeah. it's gonna, oh, it's going to be like Val Kilmer's going through a lot of shit. Oh, is crap. He? That reminds me. I forgot to bring over something for you. Oh, okay. Is it Val Kilmer? It's a uh, it's a headshot of Val Kilmer as Batman. I found it. Where? Is it autographed? I think it's Val Kilmer. No, it's not autographed. Okay. I got it at the one antique mall. <laughs> Great. So that's going on that. the wall. <laughs> um, that's why I bought it because really I figured cool. you know it's yeah. That's, that's that's the only cameo I will ruin for you guys, but it's worth it. Good. Um. So, okay. So end battle. Spider-Man fights the drones. Did you guys like it? I did. I was a little I, underwhelmed. I yeah, I was a little overwhelmed. I'm glad I could see what was going on this time because when he fought Vulture, it's kind of dark yeah. and at night in the sky. It's kind of like that episode of Game of Thrones where the dragons are up in the air and I don't know <laughs> what happened. That's because there wasn't a oh. fight between him and Vulture in the sky. Vulture was treating him like a mouse he scooped up out of a field. Yeah, I like that it was at daytime. I like that they used the bridge as a centerpiece. I love that even when Mysterio wasn't Mysterio, he was just controlling the drones and everything. He still kind of had the fish helmet screen yeah, in front of him. Be. I really like that. Um, I I just overall liked Jake Gyllenhaal just messing with Tom Holland. Like he he did a really good job of playing the villain when he was playing the villain. Yeah, I I think so. My biggest problem with the last fight was literally up until he got into that tunnel with Mysterio. So I didn't like the part where it was Spider-Man versus all of the drones, because I think that's fine. But there's no way they're going to be like, and then drone number eight kills him. So, like, it just felt like there was no risk involved with him fighting any of the drones. And I was like, well, he's got to make it to Mysterio. So we got to get through this part. But I like during the Mysterio fight, that it was tied to personal growth and to like the, the it, they tied it to his Peter Tingle uh, that like, if that part of him worked and he got whatever that was back and it was like, it had to have been like a level of confidence, but he got that back. That's what won him the fight. It wasn't, I punched him hardest. It was something changed in me and that's why I won. Yeah. It, we went 55 minutes without bringing up the words Peter Tingle. <laughs> I, I did it, guys. Damn it. Um, I'm sorry. Okay. So as far as I understand, the spider sense doesn't kick in until we see it in Infinity War. So when his hair on his arm stands up for the first time, like on the bus, that's the first time he gets the spider sense. According to the internet, there's a part in Civil War where Cap Shield comes flying at him and you see him turn around before the shield gets to him and everyone says everyone some of the internet says that's the first instance of it but like it's not overt yeah first time we see it clearly so he's still learning yes. he's still learning this ability um so i really like that it's showing him become more confident and understanding that he can use this tool to figure out what's real and what's not 
Um, so that that's a great like when it goes black and then he's just taking out the drones. I love that because you think it's going to go back into another sequence like before, but he's able to mm-hmm. stop it this time. Um, and that's he becomes a yeah, and it's just oh, he come becomes a more complete Spider-Man, and that's why he wins. I love that. See, I feel like they're doing Spider-Man's development better in these movies than they did in the past ones because remember we talked about homecoming i was getting very annoyed with it but then it was when i realized that they were showing him making all these mistakes to learn from it to become a better person yeah like i feel like they were still going about that like it was like homecoming was like the tutorial of him becoming like going from being like a 15, 14 year old to like a 16 year old. And then this movie was him going from like, it's like level one going from like a 16, 17 year old to like an 18 year old when it comes to just his overall maturity. And that's just like what Devin was saying. That's why I like this movie. Like it's kind of the same, like it's the same, I guess, moral story as the first one. Okay. So this, this was something that I had just thought of literally while you were talking um, in between homecoming and this one, there is infinity war and there is Endgame. Yes. Could you get the complete Spider-Man story without watching him in those movies? Like as far as his growth is concerned. I think. That's a good question. I have an answer from for myself on that one. I'm going to say yes, you can, but I want to hear all of your thoughts. I think you can. I think the only thing that would be weird if you didn't was knowing that they blipped. That see to me I think it's important. I don't think you can. I love I, it. Why? I I think if you watch it without you if you just watch his scenes like if you watch infinity war he fades away and then he you see him walk through the portal i think you're good it, see to me no and it's simply because of how much tony was involved in homecoming infinity war and endgame not so much in infinity war but more endgame that is when peter's and tony's relationship really hits like a peak and that peak is carried over into uh into far from home see for me if i were to go to watching homecoming to far from home the whole relationship he has with tony stark would completely make no sense to me i I think infinity war is more important than endgame i think is what i'm trying to say see i originally thought alan's way where i was like well he has more to do in infinity war and he like hops on the spaceship with tony but i I think I'm on Ryan's side with this. I think that he does, he has more scenes in infinity war, but I think the relationship is more developed with him, not on screen. And the thing is Tony's reaction and the way Tony is throughout Endgame, to me is part of the, is part of the Spider-Man storyline because without that connection with Tony and the way Tony felt about Peter, him getting the glasses and having the you know all of that power from stark industry like it makes no sense to me without that in there i think it would yeah i think you can just see him die and then have him give this gift to peter without 
I, I think it would work. I think you you should watch them both. I'm a completist at heart, so. Well, yeah. But I also think that if there was just an abbreviated version of here's the Peter Parker story from the Avengers movies, I think mm-hmm. that would work. I don't think you need to see Tony Stark doing the dishes and seeing the picture of him and Peter to understand why he gets Edith at the end of the, I think when he comes back at the end and gets that hug from Tony, I think that says everything you need to say about this relationship because he goes from not wanting to hug him in homecoming to embracing him right away. I don't think you need, I don't think you need all of Endgame. I think you just need the Peter Parker scenes. And I still disagree with that because interesting here, the reason why, and I, I know my, my reasoning for this is kind of different and a lot more personal than just watching, making sure that, you know, you understand or that the viewer understands the whole like Tony Peter thing in the bridge between the two movies, the emotional reaction in that embrace in, in Endgame to me, wouldn't, it wouldn't have the like kick if you didn't see Tony, the way he reacted to not wanting to help the Avengers go back in time, how much he fought that. And then that conversation he has with Pepper about, you know, I can go and throw this in uh, in the lake and we won't have to worry about it again. And she tells him about how, like, he needs to do it. And in this grand and in the grand scheme of things, her telling him that he needs to do it, like it kills him. Okay. But then at the same time, it brings back Peter. And then you have the scene with him washing dishes. Like to me personally, it's all connected. Let, let me revise this one last time. I think you need to see Avengers and Endgame, but you can cut out the whole time heist. Yeah, all right. They time travel, they come back, Natasha's gone, they do the snap, and then you get the last battle. You don't need the time heist for Peter Parker's story. True, so we're... There's probably another baseball team going through. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we we got to move on. Yeah, oh, no, I know, I know, <laughs> yeah, I know. No. We still have I, but, yeah. we still have a lot of things to talk about. But we still do. This is going to be a long one. We're going an hour and a half with this one. I'm oh yeah. Okay. So you can keep talking. I was just yeah. No, no. Okay. So <laughs> pretty much is what you're saying is that cut out the time heist part of it, keeping the Tony Peter all of that storyline showing Tony the way. Cause yeah. to me, the way Tony reacts and the way his character grows and what they show between Peter leaving and coming back and all of those scenes to me is just as important as Peter coming back, them having the hug, Tony dying, you know, all of that. And that's why I, I say that you need to see those movies because I really don't think they're ever going to make a version of Endgame where they cut out the time heist. <laughs> I have edit, video editing software. <laughs> I might it. make it happen. I might. I might actually. I want. Yes. I just want to see what it looks like because it'd be. We, it'll be weird, but like just the they go and they come back, like right. And just, just like well, we did it. Like you, you miss out on like America's ass, but that's a. Oh, that's such the so time. Crucial. The time heist is fun. It's like. I was thinking about this today. The time heist is the the Marvel equivalent of now that's what I call music. Like it's just like visiting all the greatest hits. <laughs> yeah. And Thor too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need to make make it very clear that is not one of the greatest hits. 
Have you guys gone back to watch Thor 2 yet? Because I know you talked about it. I have not. I need to. I don't own it. That's part of the problem. Oh, got it. So Because I wonder if that's going to make it different, watching it, knowing that it's part of that. I wonder if that'll make it the viewing of it different. It might. I I need to go back and rewatch it. I guess it will be on Disney Plus, won't it? Oh, man. They're all going to be there. Um, Maybe not the first one. When Disney Plus comes out, I'm doing a thing, and I can't wait. What are you doing? Can you tell us? I'm doing Marvel Movie Mondays, where every Monday I watch a different movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in release order until I get to, I don't know, it's going to be Spider-Man Homecoming, I think, by that point. Or not Homecoming, it'll be Far From Home. Because the next one probably won't have come out yet, I think. I don't know. No? I don't know what's coming next. I don't know. I have a feeling we might get a, like, by the time you finish it, you might be able, you might be caught up because it's not coming out till November. So 22 weeks. Oh, it's in November. So I have a feeling they're going to drop a Marvel movie in February. It makes sense. It it fits with their timelines. We'll, we'll find out Saturday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Comic-Con. Okay. Um, no, that, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like mini mini pods. Heck yeah, it does. Like red, like um, knowing what we know now, watching that, I think we should. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the movie ends with him swinging through New York City. Finally, it's the first time we I think we've seen him actually swinging in through skyscrapers in Manhattan. Like I'm uh, not. Yeah. I'm not counting yeah. the brief fight in Infinity War because he's not really swinging that much. It's just a fight. Well, he's not really in Manhattan, isn't he? He's still in like Brooklyn or Queens at that point. When he goes to help uh, Tony and Doctor Strange, like that's Manhattan. But you don't actually get like the web slinging, like the spider cam swinging through the streets. I got to go to New York more because to me, Manhattan is just where all the really tall skyscrapers are. Yeah. Yeah. You don't really get to see him do like the swings from the skyscrapers. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, it's like. In my mind, Manhattan is the really tall skyscrapers, mm-hmm. like the business part of New York. Yeah. Where they were at, to me, looked like would be like the Bronx or Brooklyn or Queens. Like, because because there was the park and it was a lot of two to three story, like, row homes. Like, to me, that's what yeah, that I mean, area looks it's like. It's Bleecker Street, so it's like a little off to the side. It's not like the business district okay. or near. I where- just have to go to New York more. I, I, I don't know it that well. I mean, we, let's, let's take a trip. But let's it. go. Let's go right now. No. Hi, <laughs> Um. So I have one, my biggest issue, one of my biggest issues with this movie is they did not address who bought Stark Tower. They show it in the movie. No, they didn't. They don't address who, who owns it now. It's completely different. He swings right through it because it's that building that has like the garden in the middle of it. Oh, it is. Yeah. It's now the Lex Tower. Black <laughs> um, I but I I feel like that has to be another reveal. Like, yeah, because I, I mean, they could have spent this whole movie just like here's the world after the blip, like, and like that would have been probably necessary. Here, here's what I think is going to happen. I think Kevin Feige is going to walk out on stage on Saturday at Comic Con. Mm-hmm. He's like, we actually have a deleted scene from Far From Home. I want to show you guys, and they show him swing through the building and it's just like the four uh, for the Baxter building on top or Oscorp or they're just going to reveal it at Comic-Con. Like th- this is phase four bitches. Oh yeah. Because him and MJ stop like right up the street from where Hulk was like, 
that's my secret cap. I'm always angry. Like they stop yeah. there and behind them is you can see construction going on and they have like mm-hmm. the, the boards up that at New York does to hide the construction because no one wants to see it, but it yeah. has the numbers all in circles, one with an arrow and then two and then an arrow and then three and then an arrow and then a question mark. And then beside oh. that, it says, we can't wait to show you what's next. I missed that. Damn it, movie. I totally missed I, that. I, I saw it the second time through. Other people wow. have, ca- have caught it, but that was like the one thing that's like, oh my God, like that's such that's a tease. Clever. But then him and MJ are swinging, the movie ends, and that's it. There's nothing else to talk about. Nothing oh, else nothing happened. Else. All right, bye, guys. Credits rolled. I walked out of the theater. Nothing else happened. The biggest no, lie. The, big, the biggest lie in that entire thing is the... Uh, the movie was done. I walked out. Eventually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> after okay, we finished okay. weeping. Okay. You are the epitome of the person who sits and waits after the credits. Okay. So. What happens? A few weeks ago, I messaged you guys saying, guys, I know something. The internet just spoiled something. And if it's what I think it is, it's what I thought it was. Oh my God, is this what you had spoiled for this you? This is what I had spoiled for me. I saw a screenshot of J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> oh, yes. And I was like, no, they, 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 they no, they did. Like, I didn't want to believe it. Like, it, it's one of those things where I saw it. I was like, that can't be. Like, this has got to be fake. This, there's no way they got him back. They got him back. Like, I'm so glad they got him back. What? <laughs> um, Sam Raimi just gave them his seal of approval for it. Like he's all for it. Like it's perfect. I, I love the irony of you trust no one. I trust my barber. And then in this one, he's just bold. <laughs> um, oh man. Him as J Jonah Jameson as Alex Jones is the perfect oh, yeah. version of J Jonah Jameson for the MCU. Absolutely. It, it, it fit perfectly. Um, yes, I loved it so much. What I didn't love the first time was the Spider-Man's real name is Peter Parker. You didn't love that? I didn't love it. Why? Well, the first time is kind of like out of nowhere. Okay. I was like, oh, okay. I guess that was his motivation. Cause you see Ralphie from Christmas story. Like, I don't know how you're going to pull this off. And then he takes the the flash drive and runs off. Um, So I didn't really understand what really happened the second time. I, when uh, Mysterio's dying, he gives a speech about they'll believe anything they see. You just, you just gotta like, you, you don't understand Like you'll see someday they'll, they'll believe anything. And then he does that. And it's just like, what? Like, it makes so much yeah. more sense when you actually see it twice and know what's coming. And I was able to process it a little bit. My wife hates it. Like, she hated that scene. She loved the movie up until then. I, I don't understand what she didn't like about it, though. I, I thought it was really cool. I, I think her biggest point was it's a that should have been part of the movie. Like, the credit that should have been the real credits moment. Okay, sure. I get that. I absolutely get that. Yeah, it, it I mean, is. I think a, in a, in a, yeah. I think that's a better way to end the movie than them just swinging, which is fine. I think it also ties it back into homecoming where it ends with the aunt Macy in the costume. Like what the, f-? like, yeah, 
I think it would have been a nice callback to that if that's just how the movie ends. Like you have this nice moment of them swinging, they stop, the screen comes on, it's it's JJ, he's doing his thing, he's ranting, um, promoting his like protein juice, whatever. And then, um, and then the movie ends like, what the, and then it just ro- like goes into vacation. And then the first post-credit scene is, uh, Flash Thompson reacting to the news yes. as the Flash mob. Yes. I would have loved to see his reaction to this. Right. Um, hopefully it'll be the first thing in the next one. Hopefully that's the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Hmm? Hopefully that's the trailer. Yeah. No, but. I yes. honestly, I liked him getting outed. Now I didn't go directly to that guy pulling the UPC out of the computer, but he, but on the car ride back, I eventually got there because we were talking about it. I liked it because in the Civil War comic series that I read, like that was my favorite part was was Tony Stark getting Peter to like out himself and the crap that happened to him after the fact. Um, so the fact that they're doing it in the movie this early where he doesn't get to keep his identity. I love the fact that they're doing that. It just, it made it better when you look back and see that they had that planned, like really almost the entire time. It's also like a good, like if you're setting him up to be the new Iron Man, it's very juxtaposed to the end of Iron Man where Tony Stark looks at, he has the cue cards in front of him and he just puts them down. He's like, I am Iron Man. Like he's choosing to come out in front of the press, but like it's flipped in this one. Like the press is forcing Peter Parker out. Like Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Like it's just out in the world now. So now part of me thinks, and I don't know how gutsy this would be, but part of me thinks we need to get a Spider-Man movie next year. Like, Oh, I would love that. How do you continue? Like it has to pick up like right away. Right? Like you can't do a time jump. We, We lost your sound. I'm not sure what else oh. is really going on in the universe, like right now. Like we get that little teaser, and I'm no, I'm like flipping ahead of like Nick Fury, um, on in space, I guess. Yeah. But like, like really, what else is going on in the universe now aside from like that? And how? Like I, I want to know how does Peter deal with this because he was okay with the people knowing that news because he had the three, he had the big three, he had Ned, yep. Aunt May, and MJ. Like that's who he wanted to know everyone else. He was trying to keep it secret, but now it's out there for everyone to know. So, and usually when we do these, I try to avoid like fan theories and different perspectives on how people think this stuff's going to go, but it's been two weeks. So, so I've listened to a few things. I I have two of my two favorite ones right now. Okay. First is he goes to Matt Murdoch for a lawyer. God, I love that. They bring in daredevil. Which which would make sense would be a good way to bring Daredevil in. I think you try. I I know they don't want to, but I think you got to keep Charlie Cox. Don't address anything that happened in the show. Just have it be part of the history. If you know it, great. If you don't, okay. Like just have him be there. Um, the other idea that I saw, which is kind of cool and would be an interesting movie to do, is have Doctor have him go to Doctor Strange and make it so that nobody knows who he is. So he loses everything. Uh-oh. Like he, oh. uh, interesting. Yeah. Or could it there be just, I mean, this would be a cheap way out and it would definitely erase it, but wouldn't Dr. Strange have the ability just to back things up a little bit? He to, doesn't have the time stone. Time stone's gone. That's right. So what's Dr. Strange up to now? 
He doesn't have the time. That's also a good point. Right. He's, he's, got, he's not really, he's just chilling. Oh, he's got to stop Mordo. That's right. Mordo? Baron Mordo. Mordo. Uh, there's too many wizards. Sounds like Scar oh, from yeah. the New Lion King. Oh, yeah. I'm confused on that one. Doctor Strange? No, I, d- 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 Mordo? The other wizard who at the end is like, this is enough. Like, you can't be manipulating time and then walks away and then like kills Benjamin Pratt. Oh, okay. I'm still drawing a blank. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm tired. It's okay. Oh, it's okay. That's all right. We still only got one more podcast to do after this one. Yeah, I so, know. Um, we got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm. I'm really curious to see what happens. I think. I wouldn't be surprised. I would be surprised if we did one next year. But I think next two years we're going to get another Spider-Man movie. Oh, we have to. And I. Maybe, so based. Oh, go ahead. I mean, no, go ahead. So based on what we saw, do we think what's coming up is Secret War? Or Secret Invasion, whatever it is. I don't think so. Not yet. No? I don't think so. Do you? Ah, I do. I really, I think they're setting it up way too well. Okay. For, I had really, my knowledge of Secret War was really next to nothing. And then you guys. So, secret. So we, well, sec- then I looked it up. Okay. Then I looked yeah. it up and saw that. To be perfectly honest, I don't know if I want them to do Secret War. I don't think they'll do Secret War. I think Secret Invasion might be likely because of what the Nick Fury post-credit scene. Okay. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. The secret invasion, secret invasion where the scrolls come in and they're taking over these different mm-hmm. positions. I don't know if you need to do it with anyone else besides Nick Fury. Cause Nick Fury at this point on earth is just kind of not really doing anything. Cause shield's gone. Right. Um, no matter what ABC says. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, like he's just kind of been floating around in space on earth, like his character, but now he's actually in space. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know if we need to do secret invasion. You don't think so? I think they could go a different way with it. I mean, you could still keep the scrolls as part of it because obviously they are, but I don't think you need to do like one of, one of the reasons why I like the movies and what they're doing is because they're diverging from the comic books just a little bit and they're diverging from the cartoons just a little bit to make it its own thing. And I feel like the whole, like they need to do this, they need to do that. And then these fans get mad when it's not exactly like the comic book. Like I'm getting sick of that part of the fan base. And I really, and I would really like Marvel to just be like, you know, we've been kind of, you know, when it comes to the infinity stones, we kind of followed the comic book a little bit. We did our own thing with it. I feel like this new thing should be a brand new thing. Something I think that, that would be really cool. Something that hasn't been in the comic book. Something that hasn't been in the cartoons. If they want to take certain um, aspects of certain things and put them together, that would be just as good. Yeah. But just something diverging from anything they've ever done. I also think when you're introducing the X-Men and Fantastic Four, I don't think you want to do Secret War right away. Or Secret Invasion. No, I agree. No, I agree. So, but that does beg the question, which is a good way to end up the Spider-Man part of this. Who do you guys want to see in the Spider-Man 3 as the villain? Oh, boy. Oh, God. I want the, Venom. Okay. Well, do you want Tom Hardy's Venom? Because no. there, oh, no. there were three trains of thought that I've seen on the internet. One is Venom. 
So Tom Hardy mm-hmm. coming in because they made all the money and Sony's actually in charge. So if they want to do it, they can. And if Kevin Feige wants to keep Peter Parker in the MCU, he's going to have to play play ball. So maybe if Peter Parker's out and he's a threat, maybe Eddie Brock is working in New York and decides to try to take him out. So oh, that could be cool. Hmm? Oh, no, I don't want Venom. <laughs> yeah. You forgot that he had his own movie, didn't you? I did. Okay. Damn it. The other two trains of thought that I've been seeing are the Sinister mm-hmm. Six. Because you have six villains in the MCU now. Yeah. For Spider-Man. So you have Vulture, you have Shocker, you have Scorpion. Uh, you could, Mysterio could still be a, be a thing because he's just a hologram with drones. Right. Um, and I feel like you could do a few more like, um, like they, I'm sure they could break. I'm sure I'm missing someone. I mean, but, and Sony was hinting at it in yeah. the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, and well, and then they talked about Hydro Man too. So Hydro Man could be a thing if it he, if he's actually part of the MCU. Yeah, that's true. Um, but the one that I like, and it makes perfect sense mm-hmm. for what they just set up, Craven the Hunter. Oh yeah, I second that completely. Like, oh he, no, you win. Everyone knows who Peter Parker is. Like he knows he's Spider-Man. Like Craven the Hunter. And what I like about that, um, there was a little thing that me and my buddies did when uh, there were a few people that I was friends with. Well, actually, Chris, the one that you worked mm-hmm. with, him and a few other people. When when I was in college, we used to hang out uh, at my place a lot. And we would go on to the MCU like wiki page when that thing first launched. And uh, we had this like thing where you had to pick one aspect from three different characters to make your own superhero. And we spent three nights just drinking and having fun with this. And mine was Craven, Craven the Hunter's like animalistic ability, like his like agility, Bullseye's accuracy ability, and Wolverine's healing factor. Ooh. That would be oh, my character. That would be me. That'd be sweet. That would be pretty cool. Because at that because because at that point I was really into camping, hiking. Like Mm -hmm. I love going out and I love being in the woods. Like that's my favorite element to be in is in the woods. And I used to be on uh, my high school rifle team, and I was a rifle instructor, so I'm a pretty good shot. Mm -hmm. And I just like the fact of being able to heal like that man if we weren't wrapping this up i would totally say we need to go into this a little bit more but we're gonna we're gonna we'll do that another time yeah 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 definitely oh we need to though okay that'll be a special i think on its own so i think the the perfect actor is out there for craven the hunter but he's already committed to dc stuff so i don't think it's going to happen jason jason momoa no oh my god no i'm 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 done with him. I really am. No, so, okay. So for me, when I think of the hunter, I think of the way he looked in the cartoon, mm-hmm. the cop mustache, like the cop, like early '90s, late '80s. Freddie Mercury mustache, yeah, yeah, that, and with kind of like the like the cut, kind of like slicked hair a little bit, and mm-hmm. to be honest physically the person who came close to like matching that was the actor who played superman when he had his mustache henry cavill Henry. Cavill. oh my god oh my god i want that so bad i never thought i wanted that oh i never thought oh. <laughs> that would be cool i i, I hope know. i'm thinking 
I hope DC let him out of his contract so he can do that. Like that would be perfect. That would be really cool because yeah. he does. He is like very charismatic, and I feel like yeah. having Craven be that kind of character would be good. Yeah, because I mean, oh, he's supposed to be this like suave, like you know, rich guy hunter. Like that's the thing, and then he just happens to have these like animalistic abilities. So and he doesn't need guns because he can cock his own fists. <laughs> 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 yeah, but I mean, like that because like I think of like. If, if you were to do a comedy with Craven the Hunter, um, to me, you would cast the guy. He's too old to do it now, but the guy who was the villain in Ace Ventura 2. <laughs> like, that's the kind of person I think of when I think of <laughs> Craven the Hunter, like that character. That would be fun. The villain from Ace Ventura 2. <laughs> the rich guy? <laughs> the villain. The. The one. Oh, I love your room of death. That, yeah. that guy? <laughs> yeah. The guy that owns that house. Him. Yeah. Because that's the type of guy he is. Like, that's his personality. Like, that's Craven yeah. the Hunter. Just more, you know, built. More, you know, stronger. And, you know. Oh, man. Where's Cheetah Skins? <laughs> okay. Okay. So, we need to talk about one thing that we've been holding off on this whole time. And that is uh-huh. Samuel L. Jackson, who is also in this movie. Oh, yeah. So how could you tell like the whole time that something was off with Nick Fury or not? No, honestly, I didn't see it coming. Could you? In hindsight, the second time it's like, oh, yeah, the, the, he felt weird. He like having just seen him in Captain Marvel. It mm-hmm. felt like a little bit weird, like he did some weird, made some weird choices. Um, and there's some tells in there that that you miss, and they kind of trick you with the marketing. Really? So in the trailer, he says, this is Quentin Beck. He's from Earth, just not ours. In the movie, he says, this is Quentin Beck. He's from Earth, just not yours. Oh, that's weird. And I also, the first time I saw it, the whole, when he brings up, what about Captain Marvel? Don't invoke her name. Like, I thought that was weird. I like that now coming from that character, though. Yeah, it makes it makes more sense. It does. It It, really does. To me, like I I, first off, I didn't see it coming. I did not see him being a scroll or that character first off. But yeah, I did think something was weird. When. It was the uh, 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 illusion scene. Mm-hmm. Because even though he was a hologram in that point, he was still acting like he did prior. Uh, and just he felt off. And it wasn't until that scene that I was like, something's something's weird. But I did. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Um. So one thing that I forgot to bring up, like I, I just Nick, Fier- like Samuel Jackson did a great job with the performance, like being pretty much same playing Sam Jackson. Like, bitch, right. please. You've been to space like. He's, he's not playing Nick Fury. He's playing an alien playing Samuel L. Jackson. Like, that's what he's doing. Right. Um, I could tell something was off with Maria Hill a little bit more than I could with Nick Fury because she was just kind of quiet and off to herself where usually she's like making smart remarks. That's a good point. See, so, so the last time I saw her was in the last time I can remember going, oh, it's her again. It was like the first Avengers movie. 
Yeah. I'm sure she's been in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, is that where she, she has She been? was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She was in Age of Ultron. And I think that was it. She showed up at the end of Infinity War. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I was kind of not surprised when she turned into a scroll at the end because I think that in the comic books that Maria Hill is a scroll queen or something, a scroll princess or... She's a shapeshifter from oh, one wow. of the storylines, yeah. So I wasn't surprised by that, but I didn't expect it to be the two that we met in um, Captain Marvel. Which, when yeah. they changed back and the way was he was cool. talking, that was hysterical. Like, when they finally changed back in the way that he was acting and they were yeah. talking back and forth about just like a husband and wife would, that was perfect. Yeah. The fact that Nick Fury's in space really has me intrigued for Phase 4. It's like, what's he doing? Is he just setting up a sword? Is well, he I mean, helping Captain Marvel? Like, what's going on there? They've never talked about Adam yet. Or that, that Adam, Adam War. They're not going to until Guardians 3. He... I know, but it just—it seems like it's taking so long to get to that. Like to me, mm-hmm. that was like that was so big of a drop, and so big yeah. of a reveal that he was going to be in it. And it's been so long since then, mm-hmm. to me, it feels that it's still. It to me, it's like, okay, you dropped that, and it's taking this long to get to it. I don't think they dropped it. I think that was always the plan. I think it was just a tease for, I I think we were supposed to get Guardians three next year, but then Disney fired James Gunn and then he got like that whole mess happened. Yeah. So I think uh, we're gonna have to wait longer than they they expected you to, but that's on them. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. There was one thing I wanted to bring up, and this goes back to the earthquake. So we're gonna bring it full circle and go back to the, the earthquake. Full circle. Okay, so the scene on the roof, there's been some analyzation of that scene and figuring out when Mysterio actually shows up. Oh, like when it's Mysterio and when it's like... The hologram. Like when it's pointing back. I'll have to send you guys this thing that I found, but it's a... um, Like like he flies and then he flies up and there's a shot of Peter Parker with like the door. The door is open to the roof behind him. And then at one oh. point, Peter's talking, and the camera just pans to the left, and mm. then and then you see it cuts, and then it cuts back to Mysterio sitting there, and his helmet comes off. So that's like the moment that you see him. Like that whole thing is a oh. illusion. It's so like wow. mind trip. Like there's gonna be so much of that coming out with this on when it's on DVD. But they released that scene itself, so people are able to analyze yeah. that. But it's like so freaky. Like that's really clever, though. I like that. Yeah. All right. Um, out of all the Spider-Man movies, where do we rank this? I don't have the same reverence for the Sam Raimi movies as I think you guys have because I haven't okay. seen them in a very long time. So I would say definitely better than Spider-Man 3, better than The Amazing Spider-Man, um, on par with Homecoming, I think Homecoming 2 and this one are all in the same like category for me. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah. that's fair. Uh, I'll, I'll probably agree with you on that. Um, uh-huh. What about Spider-Verse? Oh, shit. Um, Spider-Verse is better. Yeah, Spider-Verse is definitely better for me. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2. Homecoming and this movie are tied for okay. three. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Into the Spider Verse. Well, no, sorry, I got to redo this. Spider Man One, Spider Man Two, Into the Into the Spider Verse, Homecoming, and Far From Home are tied for the fourth spot, and then there's Garfield. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not Andrew Garfield, the Garfield movies with Bill Murray. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which are better Spider-Man movies than the Andrew Garfield movies. Um, Pretty true, though. Yeah. Like, I appreciate the Andrew Garfield movies for what they are. Like, you know, like that type of Spider-Man. Like, I, I get it. And I know why they made the movies. So that's finally sunken. And so I get it. But, I mean, the Andrew Garfield films are not ones that would be like, I want to watch The Amazing Spider-Man. No, that's never going to happen to me. You're never like, you know what yeah. You know what I could use right now? I could use a, a Spider-Man movie with a Phil Phillips music video in the middle of it for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, you know. 2014 was a weird year. Yeah, it was. Okay. I think that does it for Spider-Man Far From Home. And that concludes our Spider-Man week. Ish. Ish. We we had we had ideas. They didn't happen. I blame the San Andreas fault. So damn it, earthquakes. Yep. But it's out of our control when we got there eventually. So important thing is we did it. So for you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. I'm Devin. And Peter Parker is Spider Man. <laughs>